You are listening to the Shadow Network with KP Ready, your gateway to innovation in architecture, engineering, construction, and real estate, with a sprinkle of startups that are making a difference in between. Check us out on YouTube at Shadow Partners. Never miss a live stream, fireside chat, or talk that we got going on with the industry's most interesting innovators and leaders every single week. You can connect with KP Ready and other innovators in the AEC and CRE industry in the Shadow Partners community. Go to bit.ly slash Shadow Partners community to learn more today. All it takes is a few clicks for you to make a difference. Welcome to the future. And welcome to the Shadow Network with KP Ready. All right, welcome back. I am here with KP Ready. If you're not following KP, you're missing out. Uh, over on LinkedIn, KP posts sometimes multiple times a day. Talks about his insights, the things that he he learns, uh, reflecting on the conversations that he has with not only uh, entre- entrepreneurs and startup founders, but also leaders in the AEC and, and CRE space. And so it's if you want to know what's going on in terms of innovation, for the built environment, you need to follow KP Ready on LinkedIn. So K period P period Ready R E D D Y on LinkedIn. My name is Jeff Eccles. I am the head of marketing and a senior advisor at Shadow Partners. KP is the CEO and founder of Shadow Ventures and Shadow Partners, and I get to come here every week and say, KP, what were you thinking when you wrote that post? And we do this. Uh, unpacking KP. It's a lot of fun. We just dig into one of these, one of these articles, one of these things that KP has posted. So KP, thanks for being here again this week. Always happy to. Yeah, this is fun. Uh, Last, last week we talked about Dave Grohl and Foo Fighters and Nirvana. And, you know, we just, that was a lot of fun. This, this won't quite be the, the rock star, (laughs) you know, like the, the Dave Grohl type rock star, but I think what we're going to talk about today really does sort of get to the rock stars of, of, uh, of business, maybe. Um, so this post that I'm referencing, it starts out, you say, earlier this year, I spoke at a Morrissey Goodale conference and met Mick Morrissey for the first time. So you and I both know Mick. Um, we're doing some fun things with Morrissey Goodale now. And uh, you were at their conference. And uh, it was in Texas, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. No, it was in Vegas. It was in Vegas. Okay. So it was a Morrissey Goodale in Vegas in 2023. Um, You went on to say, needless to say, we hit it off and he has been very supportive of my efforts to drive innovation in the AEC space. So we're excited to collaborate and have Morrissey Goodale host the Shadow Partners Incubator Demo Day at their 2024 Southeast Symposium. And uh, I'm particularly excited about that because the uh, the incubator is one of my projects here at Shadow Partners. I love being involved with the uh, incubator, and it will culminate this time. We always culminate with a demo day and with this next cohort um, that we're running now. It will culminate, as you said in your article, at the Morrissey Goodale Symposium in Miami. And so attached to your post is the word on the street article from Morrissey Goodale. It's titled Shark Tank for the AEC industry. It says we've added a ton of new features and content to our symposiums for 2024. One of the most exciting additions is the Innovation Incubator 
for the AE industry, which showcases some of the industry's most exciting new startups and business ideas. The concept is based on the popular TV show Shark Tank, except these are new businesses and they're focused on making a splash in design and construction industries. And we don't have anyone who goes by the moniker, Mr. Wonderful. We could probably change that. I don't yeah. I mean, we may I not want to tell Meg, but we might be able to change No, that. I think, you know, uh, it, you know, I always remind people Shark Tank is a show. It's meant for entertainment. It is. <laughs> not for it an is. event, but I think it does get people's attention. I, I think one of the, I, you know, I do a lot of advisory work and workshopping for some of the CEOs of the top ENR firms. And um, so many of them are building internal startups. And I think one of the coolest things we do with our incubator is the mashing up of traditional yep. startups yep. with corporate startups. And I think it's pretty unique. I don't think anyone else is doing it. And I, I think there's a reason. One, we do it because we we uh, it's part of our mission. There's not really an economic reason why we do it. It's more just part of our mission. Um, and I think... As I meet with these companies and they're like, oh, we have these three ideas, we have these five ideas. When I start digging into how did you come up with these ideas and how are you going to market and all the things that a venture capitalist mm -hmm. would ask, you know, all those questions that make everyone uncomfortable. Um, I am finding that 0% of the time these corporate startups are doing it well. They just are not doing it well. They are. Yeah not doing customer discovery. In many cases, they don't even know what I'm saying. They don't mm -hmm. understand what an MVP is. Because in many ways, a minimum viable product, as a consumer of technology, they would never buy a minimum viable product. They right. would never, you know, they want the whole suite. They want everything done. They want it bulletproof, SOC compliant, all those things, right? So mm -hmm. I, I find that they tend to overinvest in their internal startups with very little evidence of the market, the market size, et cetera. Right. Um, so I think the benefit of the incubator is that we allow corporate startups in. And not only do they get a better feel of, one, they get treated in our incubator. Um, you know, maybe in our incubator, maybe I'm Mr. Wonderful. I think I'm just like Mr. Pragmatic. Um, so they definitely get some... Uh, unfiltered feedback around how mm -hmm. they're approaching things and what they're doing. But I think they're also in the room with other startups that are not, you know, these founders are not getting a paycheck on the first and the 15th. Right. Unlike our corporate startups. So they, the culture and behavior of these startups, I think our corporate startups tend to kind of feel it, move with it and engage with it where I think it drives a little bit of cultural behavior and I think for our startups to meet with corporate people and see what I think, I just think it's a fantastic, it hasn't been done in our industry. Um, we used to do something similar at Georgia Tech, so it's not my idea. Um, I borrowed it from when I was running Georgia Tech's incubator, but I think it, it's a really good system. And I'm really excited to see some of the corporates that apply and also to hear from them post fat, like the learning process. So, you know, my theory is, you know, whether it's us or somewhere else, if you're really going to build a game-changing startup in a corporate, you got to move outside your four walls, right? You got to really move yeah. outside of it. So whether it's our incubator or someone else's or whatnot, I really think that at a corporate level, 
this is not something you can do yourself. And I've seen some companies try to do it. You just can't. It's a, it's a different mindset. It's a different skill set um, that you have to go through. There's a reason why, you know, there's, there's why Combinator and then there's a Harvard mm-hmm. MBA. Like they're very different. Right, right. Yeah. And to be clear, you said zero percent. <laughs> zero. I mean, it. Yeah. I mean, none of them would ever get venture capital because they can't ask right. the basic answer the basic questions. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's that's a little bit of, well, we know our customers. It's like, do you know your customers? Right. 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 Yeah. It's like you said. This is this is something we do, and I can I can look at examples. Right. Here's here's a corporate that uh ran through the incubator and they came in pretty polished right they had they had a good idea they had a a a legitimate product already at that point um their pitch was was decent coming in but you know all of those things they still went through this incubator and our incubator is focused on pre-seed stage and, and we do focus on customer discovery so Maybe I should take a pause there since 0% even know what you're talking about. What does customer discovery mean? Yeah. I mean, I think that the foundation of customer discovery is going out in market in a lot less of an analytical approach. It's not a market survey, but mm-hmm. to go understand in an unbiased way what the market is interested in. What problem are you solving? You know, I would say a lot of it is problem validation. Yeah. In fact, Talking in customer discovery, if you talk about a solution, F minus, you're mm-hmm. already screwed up, right? You should never right. be talking about the solution. What you want to do is be a great scholar on the problem. Yeah. And part of unpacking and understanding the problem is engaging with customers to one, identify the problem. Is it a real problem? First mm-hmm. question. Second, is it um a, is it a painful problem? problem, right? Is this a, hey, we can throw a Band-Aid on it type of problem or, oh my God, we're going to die here, right? Yeah. And then the third one, you know, the, the the next part is like, is there a problem? Is it real? Is it big enough? Mm-hmm. Lots of small problems out there, maybe not worth solving for. And then the last one is, is it keeping them up at night, right? Is it a, is there an imperative around solving this problem? And that's what you're going out to understand. Mm-hmm. And it's not 10 people. It's not 50 people. At pre-seed, if you're going to raise money, it's more like 500. Yeah. And that's when, you know, I see it with startups. It's not just the corporates. I see it with startups and the corporates. The If, we, if the field of dreams model, if we build it, they will come. Um, is a, It's just, an, it's a recipe for failure. Like it's just absolutely you will you will fail full stop right, um, prove me wrong, um, but I think where a lot of startups get it wrong and a lot of corporates get it wrong to go out and do customer discovery, a you don't write code, mm-hmm. b you don't have to hire anyone. That's why I love like you know even some of our pre seed startups, many of these folks have full time jobs. It's like don't quit your day job yet. Like go do your research. And if the research you think is talking, you know, looking on the internet and looking on Reddit, like that is not research, right? 
in our world, it is customer discovery. So go talk out to 50, talk to 50, 100, and 500 people. And guess what? The results of this are not chartable. This isn't about charts and graphs of 20 respondents said X, Y, and Z. I would say the way you interrogate, I don't even call them interviews, the way you interrogate the market from your first five interviews to interview 495 to 500 will be absolutely different. Yeah. Right. And my point is, you know, in startup world, we have this concept of pivot. And I always say, look, if you're pivoting around solving the same problem, but with different solutions, that's a pivot. When the problem inherently changes, that's just a do-over, right? Because there's yeah. lots of ways to solve a problem. You know, it could be solved through a consulting business. It could be solved through technology. Um, it can be solved through an insurance policy. You know, how can you reduce risk? Well, maybe increase your premium. Maybe it's not technology, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Sometimes it's finance. Like, oh, just allocate more capital and you'll reduce your, you know, you'll solve that problem. So I think this... Customer discovery is really about understanding the problem set and iterating it to really understand the importance of the problem set. And unfortunately, corporates, well, we're in this, we're in the environmental engineering business. Of course we know. You don't know, right? Right, right. And I would say the reason in the AEC industry specifically why there's just, why they don't know is they are an industry that responds to RFPs. True. I what you're selling, the customer is very used to buying. So right. when you try to invent a startup in your space, you bias it towards what your customer already knows. And I think what startups do is they try to sell things and build things to solve a problem where the customer does not have a solution yet. Right. And I don't think you can do that. Like you can't invent new solutions you know it's, it's just that 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 framework does not exist yeah yeah that's i mean i guess one way to it's probably way oversimplified but one way to say that restate that maybe is that um you know the traditional startups they are innovating right they're attempting to innovate and and most of the corporates maybe not so much like you said maybe it's just an iteration and when you were talking about the pivot versus the do-over. You know, one of the things that I hammer in, I mean, my, my role is to facilitate the, um, essentially to facilitate the incubator. And so we have mentors that get embedded with the with the teams and we have advisors and we have speakers that come in, subject matter experts that come in over the course of, of the weeks of this incubator. Um, and I think part of my role is is kind of the the coach or the the cheerleader or something. And um, I say over and over and over, right? If if you are the same this week that you were when you first started, mm-hmm. right? If 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 your example, I think, is perfect. The the interrogations. If the interrogation today is the same six weeks from now, you've got a problem, right? You didn't grow, you didn't change, and I I I think that is hard, maybe harder for the corporates because they're you know they're just not in that space they're not used to that we have people uh you know co-founders that come in that pivot we had in this last cohort mm-hmm. co-founders that that did a do-over right they they passed 
on the live pitch at Shatter Summit in Atlanta. They showed up and they said, you know what, we're not going to pitch. Yeah. But then they came back uh, three weeks later, I think it was, we did the virtual demo day and they pitched it virtual and it was a do-over. Right? Mm -hmm. they, they changed it um, fairly completely yeah. right, from where they started. Growth, Look. a lot of growth there. Hundred percent. At, at at this stage, you know, when you look at like ideation precede, mm -hmm. it is so rare that the first idea is the final idea. Yeah. Right. eBay was about trading Pez dispensers mm -hmm. and collectible Pez things. Right. That's not what they are today. Right. And 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 there's so many examples of you know Facebook was essentially like a dating app day mm, one, yeah, right? I mean, there's yeah, just, I guess so. so, I mean, I think this idea of the first idea always, you know, I think being under having a deep understanding of the problem set, digging yeah. deep and really understanding whether it's the analytical side or the ethos side is super important. But by the way, the problem um, doesn't always have a customer which is something that people struggle with sometimes. In other words, mm -hmm. it's, are you solving a problem for a person? Maybe, but are you solving a systematic problem? And when you're solving a systematic problem, um, where what happens there sometimes is, is you actually have what I, you know, what the term is creative destruction. In other words, if you're a, a structural engineering firm and you build a product to sell to architects, to structural engineering firms, whatever it is. Will you ever build something that puts that customer out of business? Mm, yeah. Right. Cause maybe the beneficiary of solving that problem isn't who you think the customer is. Like, would you ever do right. something that puts a DOT out of business? Like, so I think there's this idea sometimes in corporate innovation is we're going to develop ideas and, and solutions to solve for our customers which might be the wrong idea. Yeah. It might actually be, we're going to put our customers out of business. It might be that holistically we're solving this problem because it's a systematic problem. You know, you know, we, because we deal with a lot of engineers, right? Whose problem is the pothole? Right. We, is it the DOTs? Yeah. Is it the taxpayer? Like, you know, whose is it? And, the customer is not always the customer, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. We, we, one of the sessions that we do for the incubator is, uh, it's a customer payer user, right? There, these are different roles sometimes. And, and one of my, um, one of the things that I see most commonly, this goes back to a comment you made earlier. It reminded me of this, but you know, the, the problem, the size of the problem, the customer, the question we've got to ask is, is this problem big enough? Does anybody care enough to pay for your solution? And we see that a lot, right? It's, oh, we've got this great solution for this problem. That's great. Does anybody actually agree mm -hmm. with you to the level that they're willing to pay for it? Because if not, that's a really nice hobby you have there, I guess. Mm -hmm. right? No, and I, I do think too... Um... It's like the idea of like my solution will replace another 
another solution that's out there. Mm -hmm. And, you know, not to go too far down this rabbit hole, but, you know, when we all started like um, cutting the cord to cable because it was cheaper to stream, Mm -hmm. what have we done? We still have cable because we need internet access. Right. And now we're paying $500 a month in streaming services. Yeah. Yeah. What just happened, Six, right? 16 different streaming services. Right. Yeah. I mean, sometimes there's a loser, but sometimes mm-hmm. there's actually market expansion. Yeah. You know, I, I definitely am a fan of winners and losers. And yeah, Netflix beat Blockbuster, et cetera, right? Like those are, those are, those are great stories. I enjoy those stories, right? And I enjoy mm-hmm. seeing it in action too. But I think you also have to question like, are there, is there a net new market? Because it turns out people will pay $1,500 for a smartphone, which was never imagined. Mm -hmm. It turns out people will spend $500 a month on sleep on streaming service. They'll pay more than what they paid on cable to have streaming services. Didn't see that one coming, right? We all thought our, you know, one, we thought all our cell phone bills were going to get cheaper over time. That's not true. That's a lie. (laughs) We thought our entertainment budgets were going to go down over time. It turns out that's not true. You know, when video gaming was getting popular, the demographics said that the big number one threat to the movie industry was the gaming industry. Mm. That hasn't really happened either. Mm -mm, No. And so um, I think it's really interesting. I mean, look, but this is part of customer discovery is really understanding understanding these things. And that's why I'm, I'm really excited about the, you know, we had several corporates in our last cohort, um, looking forward to seeing a lot more in this cohort. And I think when we talk about driving change and driving innovation in the industry, the commingling of these two silos of people, yeah. startups and corporates is like magic. It's absolute yeah. magic. Yeah, it it definitely brings an energy to the room, and I, I, you, you said this earlier. You know, the corporates love being there because they they love the fantasy of the traditional startup culture. Um, mm-hmm. They have a lot to learn, you know, flex or fluidity and flexibility and and everything else. And on the flip side, the traditionals like being in the room with corporate. Right? That's a lot of them. That's where they eventually want to sell to, et cetera, or serve. Um, so it does. I think it does bring a really unique energy to the uh, the incubator program. Um, looking forward to kicking off the next uh, inc or the next uh, cohort of the incubator in January of this year. Um, if you want to know more, right? If you if you're a corporate or even a traditional um, founder or co-founder, reach out to me or reach out to KP. We're happy to help you navigate to the program. Uh, we do make it a competitive selection process. We make it uh, competitive to get to the point of pitching and, and, uh, as the, uh, Morrissey Goodale article says here, Shark Tank, the, uh, innovation incubator for the AE industry at the Morrissey Goodale symposium in uh, Miami in March. So it is competitive, but, um, you know, if this is something you're interested in, and most importantly, if you're interested in, in building a better product and understanding, uh, the customer discovery process and going through that process for your startup, reach out to me, reach out to KP. Uh, it's a, it's a good program that you can get involved in. 
KP, again, thanks for joining me today. If you missed, somehow, if you missed the very beginning of this, we've been talking about the article or, or the post um, from KP's LinkedIn. And again, if you're not following, K period P period ready, R-E-D-D-Y on LinkedIn, you need to be there. You need to be following what KP is talking about on LinkedIn. He says, earlier this year, I spoke at Morrissey Goodale, uh, the conference in in uh, Las Vegas, and he met Mick Morrissey for the first time. Needless to say, we hit it off, and his and Mick has been very supportive of my efforts to drive innovation in the AEC space. So we're excited to collaborate and have Morrissey Goodale host the Shadow Partners Incubator Demo Day at their 2024 Southeast Symposium that's coming up in March in Miami. So the incubator will launch. Uh, the next cohort of the incubator will launch in the uh, uh, late in January of 2024 of this year. So um, let me know, let KP know if you think you have a uh, project worthy of that incubator, and we're happy to talk about that. So KP, thanks again for unpacking this post. I'm looking forward to uh, our next conversation, but this has been a good one. Thank you for tuning in to another episode on the Shadow Network here with KP Ready. As always, remember you can connect with KP and other innovators in the AEC and CRE industry in the Shadow Partners community. Go to bit.ly slash shadowpartnerscommunity to find out more today. Until next time.